Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. What is up, Tully Louise? What is up? Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another Wednesday. I know, nothing is up, just sitting here opposite you, recording this intro. What a beautiful view. Oh my God, I know, no, actually, yes, but how good is this weather, Melbourne? I know, turning it on. Hopefully time. when you're listening to this, it's still warm, but today it's a nice 31, it's a 31 today, yep. which I'm stoked about, it means that summer is coming, no... Miss El Nino or whatever, hopefully. El Nino or, or whatever. whatever it's called. What is it called? El Nino. That lady who visited us in Sydney when it's cloudy and it's raining. Exactly. Which we're not, we just got back from Sydney. We had to go to Sydney for a little hot minute for work to check out a shoot location. And it was freezing. I thought you were actually going to say it was so nice to get out of Melbourne. No, it was. It was actually, we were just saying to someone before, it was so nice to get out of Melbourne, just a change of scenery, new people. Well, not new people, black friends, but just fun. A mix up of the usual routine, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's been a fun time. But what is news on the Spassini <sighs> Spassini level? front, not much. I'm actually starting to stress about Christmas shopping because. Yeah, I'm going shopping tomorrow, actually. The twins are getting a Santa photo at Chadston. Cute. Cute. I wasn't going to go because we were supposed to be recording a podcast, but now that we're not recording tomorrow, my sister really wants me to go to help them smile. Cute. Yeah. So I wasn't going to go because I've got so much like work and shit to do, but I was like, you know what? Family. Yep. I can always catch comes up on first. work on the weekend. I'm not doing anything on the weekend. Yep. So that'll be fun. So I was thinking maybe I might do a little bit of Christmas shopping tomorrow at Chadston, but I also have You're no lucky. Idea. You are so lucky. Why? You have such a small family that you yeah. only have a few presents but to buy don't for. Don't you do Kris Kringle? Yeah, but then I've got all the kids to buy for. Oh, yeah, that's annoying. But kids are so easy to buy for. You know don't what? You think? I'm just going to buy some posy socks, buy some other yeah. friends' brands. I'll and... just go to like Cotton On. Like Cotton On have the cute – like because for the girls, like mm. you've got how many nieces do you have? Four? No. Five. Three in one, two in one, six. Whoa. Oh, yeah, because Macy, I was thinking more like kids, like toddlers and like teenagers. But go to Cotton On and buy some like really cute like singlets. Cotton On have really cute clothes. Yeah, right. And like accessories and then you're not spending so much. I have to go midweek so I don't have to deal with the crowds. Well, I that's why I'm going it. tomorrow. So yeah. I'm going to go to Christmas shopping tomorrow, but I also have no idea what to get anyone. So it also makes it hard because I don't know what stores to go to. So that's a good time. But other In than that. other news – I know something that's hit you hard this week, the death of Virgil. Oh, my God. So as I said before, we are in Sydney and we woke up on Monday morning to go to the gym like mm. 6 a.m. And I just went over and scrolled on my phone and saw one of my friends, Jordan, from America, and he had posted, um, you know, rest in peace. And I was like, what is this? I thought it was like a- – I didn't know what it was. And I opened it and I was like, how heartbroken was I? Yeah. I was like, I cannot believe he like changed like – fashion street fashion music and like obviously he's was creative director at Louis Vuitton but I'm just I still don't even know what to say he's collided the worlds of street luxury and street fashion which is amazing and music as well because he's Mm. also a DJ so yeah I'm still a bit shook about that that's wild it's what I say to you you'd like just got to make the most of what time you get, oh hey? Oh, my gosh, 100%. And then I just posted something before, which I'm just going to quickly grab up because I think it's really cool. I regrammed it on my story. Um, here it is. So someone posted, Sean King, I've said this for years, but with the passing of Virgil today, I hope it resonates with you. Never make the people you love guess how you feel about them. Tell them, show them privately, publicly, repeat it and make it obvious. I really liked that because – yeah, life is way too short and, yeah, love well, you, Sarah. That's actually <laughs> – No, but that's what it is. It's like make sure you tell people that you love them, repeat, whatever, because 
anything can fucking happen. Does that mean I get a hug too? No hugs, just like <laughs> I love you. But yeah, so he was um, had a really rare form of cancer. My mum said yesterday it was a cancer around the heart. Wow. I could be wrong, but it was very rare. Wow. Yeah, it's terrible and I don't know. Thoughts and prayers go out to families. Yeah, 100%. But Especially than, this time of the year. Oh, awful. It actually, yeah, breaks my heart. But, yeah, other than that, just working. We've got a pretty crazy next two weeks, so that's going to be fun. Any um, questions to ask me and the listeners on polling ideas? No, I don't have any polling ideas this mm. this week. I wasn't prepared for that. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um any ghosting stories? No ghosting stories. I've been pretty quiet on all that front. Caught up with my ex in Sydney. That's about it. Well, Sarah came too. But it was no, very, very awkward for me. No, it wasn't. You were fine. It was fine. It wasn't awkward for me. Um, other than that, nothing. What's on for the weekend? Actually, not much. I don't have anything planned. I've got a few dinners the rest of this week and then – I don't know. We can just take it as it comes. Probably dinner at a friend's place as my usual Saturday night yeah. with salad I'm, and tuna patties. Yeah. I'm actually doing nothing either. I might just catch up on work and who knows where the weekend will take me. All right. Enough gas bagging. Today's guest. We have the beautiful G Saggers on who is co-founder of Soda Shades, yep. which is a sunglasses brand, if you guys are not aware of it. Um, I have worked with G actually when she was at Frank Bod. So she, when Frank Body kind of launched, she helped them doing like social content creation and stuff like that. She's the general manager of the Dylan Alcott Foundation. 100%, which she's doing amazing things and Dylan's doing amazing things as well with that. So, and yeah. a brand strategist and consultant. Yep, amazing. Which She's great. one busy lady. It is. I remember for years, like, I was always like, I'm not really, like, everyone would be like, what does G do? And I was like, I actually don't know what she does. And she's going to run through, like, what the, all her roles and what mm-hmm. she does. But pre- predominantly, she runs Soda Shades. If there's any brand being established, I would say in Australia in the last five years, I'd say G might have something to do with it or it's spoken to the owners and consulted them. That's a big call because it's a lot of brands. <laughs> no, but in the sense of brands that are in your face, you think Frank Bod and you think things like that. That Yeah, Frank s- Bod's very old though, you know. Yeah. It's not five years. Like eight years. Yeah. yeah, she would have. But anyway, we're going to let you guys listen to this ep. I hope you get some good little advice out of it and just fun chats. It's a cracker. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to like, subscribe. And share with all your friends. Hey, G, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome over his sweating bullets, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) She she just needs to be seen and heard. Yeah. It's really hot today. (laughs) Welcome to Curious Conversations. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this conversation, actually. For people who don't know who you are or what you do, who are you? What do you do? Well, my name is G. What do I do? I think the easiest way to explain it is I take a brand that's possibly online and bring it offline or vice versa. So I started out in the beauty industry, taking e-commerce brands both from Australia to America and vice versa and helping them activate with individuals, consumers, influencers, etc. Um, and then through that developed my own brand or multiple brands, um, which now the main one is Soda Shades. Um, but then I also am the general manager of the Dylan Alcott Foundation and I'm still struggling to string a sentence together <laughs> after our biggest fundraising initiative on the weekend, that was Ability Fest, which is a music festival just like any other but has added accessibility features for 5,000 people. That was amazing. We drove past it on Saturday like when they were setting up. I was like, it looks so good, such a good idea. Yeah, with the city skyline behind amazing. a major stage was just like goosebump worthy. On mm-hmm. the Friday night, we were I was literally crawling, setting things up after walking like 16 kilometres just around and around this site and Peking Duck did their sound check and it was like the sun was setting, the festering lights oh. were on and I was like, okay, cool. We, we've done this thing in the middle of like a global pandemic. Yeah. We pulled it off, which was really cool. Yeah, you should be proud. It's hectic. I feel like that's probably the first – is that the first yeah. kind of concert Melbourne have had? Yeah. Concert? Would you festival? First major festival yeah. back in Victoria. Holy, that's 5, amazing. 5,000 people. 5,000 people. Wow. Yeah, Congrats. It was, it was mega or mozza as you would say. Yeah. <laughs> mozza. G's already said she's learned a new word today, mozza. <laughs> so 
going back before we get into like, would you say Soda Shades is your main hustle? It is, yeah. It hasn't been, but it is going to be, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, we've sort of, or we, I say we, my partner Luke and I have always tried to have sort of different things on the go. Mm-hmm. I like learning from other people, both other business owners, coming in as a consultant and just sort of dipping in and out, I found really beneficial for my career. But I think nowadays soda's just getting a lot of attention, which we're super grateful and stoked for, and it needs a bit more love. So mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to focus on that and really sort of dive into the deep end and move overseas and really actually get the market booming over there. We've mm-hmm. sort of just touched the surface in what we can do, but now we've got a product supply chain that's actually dialed and we can actually answer the demand and not have to be shipping product for, you know, $100 with DHL every oh, time we get an order. <laughs> Heptic. So did you do anything at you? Like, did you go to uni or anything? Yeah. So I studied fashion design at the White House. Oh, yes, um, I that. Which was hectos but great I think it taught me what made you move across from Perth to Melbourne the White House so I never thought I would ever get in and then my universe uh, my school teacher like textile teacher applied for me oh wow yeah so I never thought I'd get in I also knew how expensive it was and I was like can't afford it can't do it yeah do it and then got a letter being like you're in and so I deferred for a year went to all of the 18th had a really great time yeah (laughs) love that and then moved across to Melbourne and just hit the ground running it was three years of like nuts, nuts, nuts mm-hmm. workload. Um, I mean, Rochelle would know. She yeah. was with me. And it's just, you know, it was like 40 contact hours a week plus I was working a part-time job at a cafe to pay for all of my materials plus living in a share house. It was just intense. Hectic. What kind of things did you design there? So I, each year you would design two different collections um, being the overachiever that I am, I would always do double. So yeah. <laughs> I remember my final collection, I had something like 27 pieces in it. Wow. Because I wanted to do swim. I wanted every model to have swimwear on and then have a beach cover up and then have an outfit. Love. Because that's how I like to dress. I yeah. like to always have layers. So it's like I could go swimming, but I could go to a bar or I could go to coffee. And so, yeah, I had this major collection that was at the end and I never really did anything with it at all, actually. <laughs> And look, we've dabbled in a couple of different fashion things over the years, but I, I'm very mainstream in the way yeah. in which I dress. And I always sort of said I will never bring out a brand unless I'm doing something that doesn't currently exist. Yep. I think my belief on that has changed a little bit. And certainly having soda, I mean, we're not recreating the real wheel, right? It's a pair of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Other sunglass brands exist. But I think it's all about the way in which you actually produce the brand and communicate market. the brand and connect and market exactly. And that gives me, you know, faith that we are doing the right thing by having a brand. Whereas mm-hmm. before I was like, oh, no, I can't. Ray-Ban exists. And now yeah. I'm like, no, we can. We can coexist. 100%. So you launched Soda Shades February 2018. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yes. And what was the inspiration behind starting Soda? So Soda, I mean, as the essence, is meant to be when you open a can of drink in summer and it fizzes like my drink. Oh, yeah. Just, you oh. actually, oh, my God, that's so funny. It did actually. Um, you open a can of drink and let's say it's a – Passiona, for example, yeah. and it's that like faded orange color that fizzes everywhere. Uh-huh. And that to me has these like beautiful childhood memories of like a hot day in Perth and yep. you're sweating like you are right now. I'm boiling. <laughs> <laughs> and that symbolizes fun for me. So yeah. soda, soda is meant to be the brand that's fun, that everybody can be a part of, which is why the whole range is completely unisex. Mm-hmm. The whole range is also extremely accessible in the sense that it's at a price point that everyone can afford. So we're actually about to go up a couple of dollars to the $95 price point. But we always wanted to say under a hundred bucks for a top quality UV four hundred polarized lens, which you just can't buy anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess, what the product is. But really, the essence behind it is empowering the youth of Australia to be who they want to be and achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah. So you know, a lot of the activations and the marketing stunts and the different things we've done has been all around actually picking out key people who inspire us as a brand or who've reached out to the brand because we inspire them and working together on whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. So you know, putting someone through a skydiving course so that then they can be in our, you know, summer campaign or whatever that might be, getting people to do boat and jet ski licenses so we can partner with Sea-Doo, all those sorts of things we don't have to do as a brand. And, you know, if you probably look at a spreadsheet, it's like, why is Soda doing that? Yeah. But it all kind of makes sense when you sort of come out with the outcome. You just used the keyword youth. Who would your target market be then? Yeah, so they started about 13, which uh-huh. is wild. I didn't even know 13-year-olds had credit Disposable cards. Disposable income. <laughs> TikTok now, I'm like, these girls on TikTok that age look like about 18 and I'm like, I yeah. was not into like all this cool shit. That yeah, so 13 to about 25 I would say is the core soda customer. Um, we have a lot of afterpay buyers, which also is a nod yeah. to that younger audience. 
and someone who wants a pair of sunglasses that matches their outfit. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, gone are the days that you have one pair of sunglasses that you wear everywhere. I think we three probably Mm. have our couple of special pairs that we love and then we have those ones that you just chuck in your handbag or they sit in your car and you chuck them on when you don't have your other pair. Yeah. Um, Soda quality is so good that it can be that product you chuck in and out of your bag. And we're just now developing the range further and bringing in different things to give that youth customer soda in other areas of their life. So Mm -hmm. I think you can wear sunglasses in certain places, but then you need more than that. Yeah. So it's just talking to them and, you know, that's what we do with our customers. We actually communicate with them on a daily basis via text and it's like, what do you want more of? What's missing in the range? What don't you like? Mm. I mean, I get really offended when they say they don't like things. Oh, and so do I. It's it's a hard thing to kind of like process. I Mm. get that. So you did say just use texting a lot and I've had quite a few text messages from soda before, Mm. which I love because it's Mm. like you feel so – it's like kind of personable like connect, yeah, yeah. connected kind of thing. Why did you guys choose to do that? Is that because of the generation that you're targeting? Yeah, so Luke and I spent a lot of time in America um, and we have a friend who owns a brand called Dirty Lemon, which is a beverage company. Yes. Yeah. And he basically started the tech software over there in terms of you could text to get your slab of Dirty Lemon mm-hmm, drinks. Mm-hmm. And we were like, that's really convenient and really cool. Then spending more time over there, you know, the big brands added us, Nike, et cetera. They had billboards and you could scan a QR code or text a phone number. And we loved that. When we brought it back here and wanted to do it for soda, it wasn't, it didn't have the uptake that we'd hoped for. I think probably similar when Amazon launched in Australia. Yeah. We didn't grow up with Amazon. So it's, of course. it's rare for us. We didn't grow up cons- um, actually consuming via text message and paying via text message, mm-hmm. which I think is the big thing. So when we first started, we really wanted customers to actually transact via text. What we realized is Australia is not quite there yet in terms of trust, but they are there in terms of actually being alerted on new drops, limited edition things, parties, etc. So we use it to get to know our customers better. We also use it because as we were talking about, Sarah, there are so many emails being thrown around at the moment and it's just delete, 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 delete yeah. first thing in the morning. So if you can actually take over someone's home screen that is traditionally saved for your friends and family mm. or nearest and dearest, that's quite a prized possession and that's yeah. quite a good thing to do. So we're still developing that software and I think it will always be a work in progress. I mean, we have a lot of information on each of our customers now. We know their birthday, their star sign, their favourite pair of glasses, the pair that they're waiting for. We know so much about these people, so now it's actually about filling in that data and getting to know them better so that they continue to be part of the brand as it evolves. Like that's quite valuable, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, really valuable. Where did your knowledge of brand and branding begin? So I think it – well, it began working with a good friend of mine, Josie Clough, who owns um, It's Now Cool, which is now an online store mm, predominantly. Amazing. But Josie is one of Australia's top photographers and I was interning for her. She, at the time, hated flying oh. and was based in Sydney and there was all these fashion shows in Melbourne that she needed a representative at. So I would take my iPhone oh, wow. <laughs> and stand in the media section and be the It's Now Cool representative. So that's sort of how I started learning about brands and how they actually represented themselves, be yep. it on a runway or at an event or whatever. Um, I then spent some time with Josie in Sydney and her partner, Ryan, and they taught me a lot. Ryan's been in the surf industry for, I think, about 15 or 20 years, and he is just a gun. So I was just a bit like a sponge to those two who just have a lot of raw learnings, but really valuable learnings. And then I would say that probably the pivotal moment for me was when I was at Frank Body and I was there as one of their first creative hires. And I was just so fortunate to be able to learn from the five founders. No question was off limits. I mean, if it was, they'd never told me to piss off. So (laughs) I just asked it and I learned so much from them and how important it was to connect with customers. And because Frank was, you know, I think it was six weeks old or something when I first started, we just had this incredible ability to connect with people and learn more and everybody wanted to give. And I think that was something that I never took for granted and still don't take for granted. So when we have customers who engage with us and give us their time, it's like, hey, how can I give back to them? And that's across the board for me when it comes to branding. It's not just branding in consumables. It's branding when it comes to our foundation. I mean, we're giving out grants to young Australians with disabilities, you know, if it's a university scholarship. One of them, for example, we did a startup for his business and he wanted, you know, the malleable things that he needed for his business, but he was also like, I need to write a marketing plan. So I was able to mentor him through actually oh, writing that marketing plan. I didn't know that. Yeah, which is quite powerful. I, I love yeah. that. And I mean, at the time, this particular one, I was marketing a laundry co- company. Uh-huh. Um, and this is something that this kid Paddy can do with his dif- um, yeah. disability. 
And I was able to actually help him through that process and market something which I probably would never market again. Yeah. yeah, And I would never have known how. But at the end of the day, it's the same basics, right? You strip it all back. It's like, what are we trying to achieve? How are we trying to achieve it? How do we want to communicate what we're trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. And you just sort of go from there. But definitely the pivotal point was Frank and how that brand just evolved from having one product for such a long period of time. You know, people always say, how do you market something over and over again? And I think about it. We had one original body scrub for 18 months yeah. and we managed to find creative ways to talk about yeah. it. There's a lot you can say about almond oil yeah. <laughs> and caffeine and it's the same with sunglasses, right? Like there's a lot you can say and you just have to remember that I think people put so much emphasis nowadays on, oh, my gosh, that post got 100 likes or it got no comments or whatever. But that's only one thing that you're looking at and you've got so many different markets that you can talk to. Don't be scared to throw things out there Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, if you've got 10,000 followers, you're probably only getting 100 eyeballs actually seeing it. So who cares? Take the risk, see what happens and learn from it. Yeah. Going back to like marketing and branding and stuff like that, I know initially at the start, Soda, you guys did a lot of like soda parties, which we've been to quite a few. What was the like – what whose idea was that and how how did you organize that was that all you no so josh and steph um love the party as well so josh was very involved in the um industry done a lot with nick russian in the past Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. we developed a really nice relationship with nick which was great and still is really nice to have that relationship there the parties for us i think if you look at alcohol and how they market their brands for them it's all about can in hand Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, cool. We have a product that can also be oh, smart. on yep. their face as yep. opposed to in their hand. And sure, there's that upfront cost of a pair of sunglasses that we're giving out to 150, 200 people at that party. But we're so confident in the quality of our product that we know if they wear it once, they'll want to wear it again. Of course. Yes. As you just said, yeah. I've had my pair of sunglasses for two and a half years. Those ones are sold out, so never lose them. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming back though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the parties for us was just a way to get, I guess, brand equity. Awareness, yeah. And awareness. Yeah. So equity with the other brands that we were partnering with and it was amazing how many times I mean we've done probably five or six events now with together events and each time they have different partners that come on board True. And every single time without fail one of the other brands that come on board will reach out to us afterwards and be like hey it was cool to work with you guys what else are you doing mm. and that's where a lot of our relationships have actually stemmed from you know we work a lot with Colonial Brewing Company, Cedu, JBL that's all through doing a party here or popping up there and mm. then building that relationship so that's been great for us I think that we've had a bit of a break obviously with Mm -hmm. um the pandemic and everything and we will come back but probably come back in a bit of a different way yeah we're just still probably working out what that is yeah do you think people with their brands with something like that they see the initial cost of collaborating the fees associated and they're like oh I don't think I'll reap the rewards in sales of that physical item Mm -hmm. and they don't understand the equity and the brand awareness that they'll build from these events definitely I think that there's there's two pieces to it I think you have to as a team and whoever how big and small that team is you have to work out why you're doing it and really set some clear boundaries and clear Mm -hmm. KPIs for one of a different term Mm -hmm. or better term of what you're trying to achieve from that event our Doing these events was never to sell, was never to make money on mm. those days. In fact, Did you though? Well, so interestingly, only one event and it was a later for the love, we actually sold product out. So we actually had oh. people walking around selling sunglasses. We probably made a couple of thousand dollars yeah, on those days. Yeah, because people are pissed and just like yeah. but really, money. It was never that. But interestingly, the awareness that people saw on social media at those events, because so many people were tagging us, we always had a spike in sales those days yeah. Yeah, without right. fail. Because people who are in different states are going, I can't be at the party, but I can still be part of Soda Mm. by buying in. And maybe if I buy in now, I'll be invited to the next one. Mm. But to your point, Sarah, I think it's just about looking at that marketing plan, you know, taking a step back and looking at the marketing plan and going, cool, so there's 10 big things on my calendar. How many of those things are actually awareness campaigns? How many of those are money makers? And what can I do to supplement or complement each of those awareness campaigns to give us that boost in sales? Yeah. Rather than going, I just can't do it because it's too expensive or too hard basket, I think when these opportunities get put to you, as long as they, you know, support your brand values and guidelines, I think you'd be silly not to do them. Mm. It's the old cliche, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah, and it's a bit like our brand when we did Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week. It's Mm. like it is a big amount of money to spend, but you have to think, okay, it's brand awareness, people that might not know the brand before. Association. Yeah, Yeah. it it is. And it is so scary to spend that money initially, but in the long run, I think it's worth it. Yeah. And I think also people look at these events and go, oh my gosh, that must cost so much money. 
Yeah, it does if you pay a really expensive shiny agency to do of it. Course. But every single event where they're standing on ladders, hanging things with cable ties, we're there the next morning, hungover, yeah. <laughs> cutting it all down. Mm. You've got to get your hands dirty at this stage of business. I mean, we're almost four now and I'm sure I'll be getting my hands dirty for a few more years to come. And there's times where you don't want to do it, but it is very rewarding. Mm. And that's the way you learn. That's the way your events improve. And, you know, we've got three years of events under our belt now. And man, we've improved a lot. Yeah. And they're so much better. The transactional value of them's better because we're giving more. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, Nick and the Together Events team, they've run hundreds of mm. events now, but Soda shows up with something different. And yeah. Soda brings something different to that experience that they can't do because A, they don't have the resources and B, they're not a sunglass brand. Yeah, they don't have the merchandise. <laughs> so we turn up with yeah. those things and a new value and a new, you know, fun vibe. And they're like, this is cool. This yeah. adds to our experience yeah. and adds to our customers who are paying for tickets. Mm. Talking, so we've like spoken a lot about all the good and the highs and stuff. On a personal level for you, what would be your lowest or what's one of the things you've learned mm. about running a business? Mm. Maybe not lowest points, what you've learned. Um, how hard it is. Yeah, it is <laughs> fucking hard. I think that, to be honest, the last 12 months has been the hardest we've had. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily on the sales side, although they certainly have taken a dip with COVID. I think everybody has yeah. seen ups and downs. We've been very fortunate that we're at a price point that people can still consume us, even if they are in hardships themselves financially. I think, Tal, really, it's it's the day-to-day balance. Yeah. Um, you know, you two are best friends but and you work together. Mm-hmm. It's like where is that border between being friends and being business partners? It's the same with Luke and I. We're in a relationship and, you know, on the good days you celebrate those things and they're the best and I wouldn't trade that for the world. But when you're going through something really tough and your business partner is your boyfriend or your partner mm-hmm. – there's just no relief from it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I hate to use the buzzwords around burnout and those sorts of things, but it's really real and really true. Mm-hmm. And the big thing that I guess I've had to allow myself in these moments that have been harder is just to take a breath and to take a step back and just go, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I am a firm believer now, probably wasn't 12 months ago, but I am a firm believer that the things that you get dealt or the hands that you get dealt are dealt to you because you are strong enough to actually exactly. deal with them yeah. and handle them. And I never really knew that before. I love that. And then I look back and I'm like, wow, the things that we have achieved as a team, and sure, there's going to be other things thrown at us, no doubt, but the things that we've achieved, if we can do that, we can do most things. It's going to be hard. And even what we were discussing before, like how do you know if that's the right decision, the wrong decision, but you can do it. Mm. So I think it's just about being realistic with your expectations on yourself, but then also communicating those expectations to anyone else who needs to know them. I think that's a really big thing that I've learned is, being open to myself and going, I can't achieve all of this today, but I can achieve those 10 things. So pulling them out of this extremely long to-do list that we all have and going, if I can move the needle on these couple of things, that's going to really implement plan implement a lot for other people mm. make their job easier which just means i'm freeing up some space for future g yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i can move forward from it yeah it was like what we were saying the other day on the podcast and we've referred to this for a while we're literally like problem solvers yes and but we thrive off it yeah. like i wouldn't like take it back no way like i love yeah. the like that adrenaline yeah and i feel like you're the same and you've just kind of said it anyway yeah. Definitely. I mean, the adrenaline I love, it was interesting. We've spent six months on the Gold Coast this last year and the slower pace for us has been life-changing. Really? Oh, my goodness. I never thought I would Mm. love it and I'm obsessed. I'm, you know, we're up at five, we're walking, we're swimming, we're surfing, we're doing all the things, but we're still getting all our work done and we're a lot more relaxed in our approach to it. I think because we're not running around, we're not stuck in traffic and different things and if I'm honest, this music festival that we've just completed, I remember when we got the go- green light from the government saying you can do it, I was like, I called Dylan, I was like, I don't really want to. Mm. And he was like, okay, that's a bit awkward because yeah. mm. you're the general manager of the foundation. And I was like, I'm just going to need 24 to 48 hours to think about this. And he was like, okay. And what I was thinking about was the fact that for so long I've put my life on hold and my health on hold to do what I had to do yeah. or what mm. society needed me to do. And in this moment I was going, I don't really want to do that. I found health, I found happiness, I found a different pace of life that really satisfies me and what I need right now. And all of a sudden I'm going to have to dive in the deep end and get this thing done, which is going to be, you know, 17-hour days. Coming out the other side, I've done it but I've been extremely mindful along the way. So I've just made sure I haven't sacrificed things. So I still get up at six every morning and walk. 
I still make sure I'm eating as well as I can. Mm. I still make sure I have those connections with my friends and family to, you know, feed that side of my soul so that I then can perform in the way in which I need to. Mm -hmm. Do you think us knowing you for so long and how much you actually deliver to people, they've become to expect that from yeah, you definitely like taking advantage yeah. and it's my own it's my own yeah fault. <laughs> no I do that too and like Tully Tully always says you do too much or you're too kind so people expect you to do things yeah. and once you actually start to say no or I can't they're mm. like well mm. like it's a huge everyone goes what yeah and I've had to just go we just need more resources and yeah. I mean I'm renowned for being a really really bad delegator and this music festival was a really good challenge for me to learn to better delegate Mm. um you know you can only be one person and I called Luke on Friday at 4 p.m and I was like you need to get down here and help me like we're not going to get through it but I think sir it's people have seen me in a happier place and they've gone she's changed something so we need to sort of respect that process yeah and I also know that the quality of the work that I deliver is so high Mm. that if people just need to trust the process Mm -hmm. yeah I might not go to as many events. I might not, you know, be out drinking with my friends and doing all those sorts of things, but they know that if they need something, they can always rely on me and I will get it done at a high level. I'll also get it done in half the amount of time. Yeah. So just give me, give me a time. Yeah. <laughs> give me half a day. Like I have to go through my motions now. If someone interrupts my morning, it's a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I like that. I agree with that. Like, yeah. If- Tell her I don't do a workout in the morning. It's a bad day. It's a bad day. Yeah, and I'm, I know we're honest about that. It's like, what was the other day? It sets your mindset up that you've yeah. done something good for you yeah. already. Yeah. And it makes you more productive and you don't feel sluggish and you do you get so much more shit done. It's kind of like you filled your cup up, now you can give exactly, little bits to others. Of course. Agree. But definitely, I mean, I think that the being in a different state for six months was hard because I felt like a lot of my friends needed me, mm. um, but I needed me yeah. to get through what we needed to get through. And I think I had to have a couple of calls with my friends and say, look, I'm really sorry I'm not there. Mm. I just can't come back right now. Yeah. I just need to put once in my life put myself first. Mm. I'm always going to be there for you. I adore you, but I just need to prioritise myself and my relationship yeah. right now and I'll be there when I can. But it's a hard thing to do. It's so, yeah. so hard to make that call and you feel so guilty, but you've just got to do it. Yeah. I think, do you know what? Now that you're saying that, I remember during, because you were obviously in the Gold Coast, no lockdown, we were all in lockdown here. And I remember reaching out to, or you reached out to me, I can't remember which way it was. You probably reached out to me, I don't know. And I remember we were voice messaging mm. and you were like, you said, I just don't have time to talk to anyone. Like I'm just kind of dealing through something. And now I remember, and you said you've been, doing this really long email to ed- yeah. setting an email to every single person, just updating mm. them. So you didn't have to, I was like, that's a real, I like that because then you're putting yourself first because mm. there's nothing worse when you're going through something and having to talk to everyone. It's so draining. So for you to do that, yeah. I'm proud of you. Like yeah. you're putting yourself first. Yeah. It was, um, one of my best friends, Chantel, who I manage, but also is like my life coach yeah <laughs> she is extremely wise human being she is she the sexologist she is the sexologist yes. so she's also my sex coach um yeah, i love <laughs> I think that. i need to see her yeah, yeah. <laughs> be dry at the moment <laughs> well, i was gonna say that but then i was like people don't want to know i'm left for a dry spell <laughs> she um she actually put me onto a business coach and i only ended up having one session with this lady but it was kind of all i needed to, to give yeah. me that push to because what I was battling with was the fact that I have so many beautiful people like yeah. you guys in my life and I want to keep them updated and people are checking in. But I give so much to every conversation mm. I have and every friendship I have that I was just depleting myself. And you're also every time. going through something, so it's shit. There was just nothing. And so, she, yeah, her suggestion was, because I love to write and I don't really do much copywriting at all anymore, but her suggestion was just put all of your thoughts down onto paper, write it in an email you know, consider it like a press release mm-hmm. as opposed to a dear diary because I've never been great at journaling. It's just these are the facts. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm working through right now. This is the status of where everything's at. And I sent an initial email being like, I'm going to do this weekly so that you guys don't have to worry about me. I love that. Um, But please don't ask me about it outside of this. If I bring it up with you, you know I want to talk about it. But Mm. if I don't bring it up, let's just talk about other stuff. Tell me about your baby. Tell me about your new Mm. hair color. I don't mind. But I had to put some barriers in place because I was also working around the clock. I mean, I had Dylan over in uh, Paris, London, Tokyo, and the US. So I was working different time zones we're also winning all these tournaments. Yeah. So it was all these weird mixed emotions where it's like, hang on, he's over in a different time zone. 
our, us as a team have put so much into this experience to get him there. Like I never knew it was so hard to leave your own country mm. um, and we're not there to celebrate it. So it was just sort of this roller coaster for, you know, months, but we've made it through and we're yeah, no, I really, good to go. Yeah, I really like that. When you said that to me, I was like, wow, because I do. We know you as this like bubbly talking to everyone and I was like, fuck, she's actually putting herself first and that's like – Hard. Really hard. Yeah, really, really hard. Going back to the Dylan Foundation. So mm-hmm. for anyone that's listening, I was just thinking that then because we know you were like, yeah, Dylan. But for anyone that's listening, he is a professional tennis player. Tennis player. So how did you get into the general managing role of yeah. that? So Dill and I actually met, I just slid into his direct messages. Did you? Well, <laughs> slid in yeah. <laughs> um, when I was at Frank, I wanted guys to scrub for us. Okay, and cool. I knew he was in America. We were in America working at the time. So I just DM'd him. I knew that he'd just bombed out at a tournament and he'd broken up with his girlfriend recently and he was alone. <laughs> so I Were was you like, with Luke then? I was with Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> Sorry, Luke. So um, I was with Luke and we were just having lunch and I messaged him and I was like, hey, do you want to grab lunch? I know you're oh, in New York really still. Funny. And we ended up catching up at this iconic sandwich shop from Billions that mm-hmm. they go to in the West Village and we ended up getting really drunk. <laughs> like I had meetings all afternoon and I cancelled them all and the boys went out till six in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like the start of a beautiful friendship. And at the time, Dylan was looking for a general manager for the foundation, but someone who really understood his lifestyle as mm-hmm. well. He'd previously had people who were more corporate background and mm-hmm. worked at big companies. And I had no experience with foundations really at all. And certainly no experience being a general manager, but I was like, yeah, okay. And Quickly from there, I sat across both the foundation and his personal life. So Dill has a really great commercial manager called Mark, who we work extremely closely with. We're sort of this like beautiful tripod. So he does all the hard stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I get to do all the fun stuff, which is just the best combination. And, you know, now managing him and Chantel, it's kind of this really beautiful, just, yeah, tripod of us who we just know what we're trying to do. I mean, Dylan is playing tennis and won't play tennis for much longer as he's announced recently. Um, the 2022 AO will be his final one. Mm -hmm. But we're so excited for what that opens up next. Tennis has been, I guess, his vessel to be able to communicate this sort of bigger message of normalising disability. And it's been the best one to do that. I mean, he can get any message out there now in the most articulate, incredible way. And Chantel's doing the same thing when it comes to sexology. So Mm -hmm. to be able to be, I guess, the backbone for these two people and, you know, keep their lives on track but also motivate them to keep going and, you know, be in their corner always has been pretty pretty great but pretty crazy at the same time yeah wow so with your hand in all these different pies what does a day look like for you I have a very organized google cow (laughs) (laughs) and I'm also it's it could come off a bit rude but I'm extremely respectful of people's time and I I expect that on the other side yeah so you know it's this ongoing joke that if you don't have a meeting in Jay's calendar she just won't answer the phone and that's that's pretty legit because Mm. Because I dip in and out of so many things, as you said, Sarah, like I I need to be extremely focused when I'm in those things. And I'm very mindful of the fact that because I do do so many things, I never want any of these brands that I represent or people that I represent or my own brand to feel like they're not getting enough from me. So if I have two hours allotted in my diary to work on soda and someone from Dylan or someone else calls me, I'm like, guys, I'm actually busy right now. Mm. And you need to respect that you know when I'm available and when I'm not. And it's the same with meetings and it's the same with other things. And I'm trying to push this on to Luke. Like he's so giving with his time and his phone rings and he answers. And I'm like, well, did they have that scheduled in? He's Mm -hmm. like, no, but they need me. And I'm like, yeah, but you're busy. Mm -hmm. You're doing something else or you're doing yoga or you're having a chat with me. Like how nice. And I think that that's something that I've had to learn in the last 12 months, especially is boundaries, boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how important they are. And no one's going to hate you for saying, hey, sorry, I'm in the middle of something. Could you send me an email or send me a voice note? Love a voice note. <laughs> the easiest yeah. way to articulate yourself. Um, I mean, apparently I have a voicemail on my phone. Never knew it existed. Never check it. So. I never check my <laughs> voicemail ever. So people never. always say, gee, I left you a voice note. I'm like, cool, I don't check it. Neither do I. Please send me a text message or an email. That's I always like check my dad. My... I never check my dad. So there it is. I'm like, I'm like, I have no shit, like 300 voice I wouldn't notes. even know. I've never listened to one. Ever. No idea. I'm like, if they want me, they'll call me back. Exactly. Or text. Yep. Is, is there a non-negotiable time that you switch off at night? Unfortunately not. I mean, I'm pretty mindful and I do believe that no tech time before bed is pretty important. Yeah. So, but do you do it though? I say um, that, but I never do it. 
Yeah, I'm pretty good at not doing oh, emails good. and stuff oh, yeah, right yeah, before yeah. bed because I, I actually feel it lift my heart rate and yeah, lift okay. my newfound anxiety. Um, <laughs> but nah, Sam, not really. Yeah. I mean, I'm a morning person, so I'm up yeah. sort of five, five thirty, six every morning without fail. And I'm, wor- I'm working from that time. I love getting through my emails before seven thirty, eight o'clock when no one can respond to me. That's <laughs> oh, like that's us. Like, yeah, it's it's like, like I've got a head start in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey, hey, I got in first and then yeah. I won't get back to it till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, there's not really, I mean, when things happen, you've got to be there. And certainly in the nature of my role, especially with Deal when he was traveling, like I have to be available to talk to him at 9 p.m. Mm, yeah. You know, I have to change that flight or do those things or whatever. But it's, you know, you just do what you can do. And I'm also very fortunate and very grateful for the flexibility that I have. Yeah. I mean, I get my hair done in the middle of the day sometimes. I can get my nails done when I want. I don't have those sort of routine hours that I have to stick to. Yeah. We were discussing that yeah. the other day. It gives yeah. us the freedom that you can have a long lunch on a Friday or something, yeah. but then – you know what, on the Sunday or the Monday night, you might be working till 9, exactly. 9, 10. And just everyone, everyone's different. Like I was just thinking then, it's like for me with the time difference in China, because I deal with mm. China a lot, it's like I'll write back to them in the morning. I don't hear from them until like one or two yeah. because of the time difference. And then I'm like, fuck, then you've got to go back. It's just every part of our lives is so different, mm. but you do it so you do have that free yeah. time and stuff. It's good. Yeah. I like that. Do you have many people reaching out wanting to learn about branding or content creation or strategies lots yeah um I used to have lots I think now people are pretty aware that my plate's pretty full yeah um I have a lot of friends who reach out just sort of for advice and that's probably my favorite thing I mean I have some great relationships up on the Gold Coast and I actually made the time in my days and had the time to spend more just on photo shoots Mm -hmm. and I was just there as a fly on the wall and people be like can you just help with this? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just here to observe. Yeah. Because I love that stuff. You I love, love learning. Not necessarily yeah. to actually have a job to do. But definitely, Sarah, I think as long as I'm interested in it and as long as they're grateful, mm. I think that's the biggest thing that I have learned and what I want people to continue to show is just be grateful for people's time. I am at the end of the phone if someone needs me always, but say thank you. Say, oh, yeah. I really appreciate your insights. Say, I've learned heaps from this. And I think that's the biggest thing that 100%. why our friendship works mm. is we're always there and, you know, you messaged me the other day, hey, what's this, blah, blah, blah. And I know you just need to know it really quickly. And when I see you, you'll be like, oh, this worked and this yeah, was great yeah, and da 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 yeah. I mean, I forgot to do that email intro. Apologies. <laughs> Don't worry, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? I think that it's just about being a good human being and everything that you do. And I think anyone who's reaching out and they want to have that conversation, they know that, you know, it comes from a good place and they just want to learn more about what it is they're trying to do. And I'll learn from them at the same time. Yeah. Like, I don't know everything. In fact, there's a lot I don't know. Um, and I'm just trying to learn too. Yeah. Do you get any inspiration from like podcasts or anything? I knew you were going to ask me this. Really? I just yes. actually thought that then I wasn't actually going so, to, but I wanted to know if you had like. I don't really have. There's Be no careful one that, with what you say. <laughs> I don't really have. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm kidding. Like, there's no one on Instagram that I'm like, they're my inspiration, yeah. or I look. No, there's no podcast that I listen to religiously, yeah, and I'm okay. like, that's my person. Whereas, interestingly, Luke has his ones that he is obsessed with. Yeah. Um, you know, loves Gary V. Yeah. Loves a lot of the ones, Barstool Sports, etc. Out of the states, mm-hmm. he would listen to every single day without fail. Yeah. I sort of dip in and out based on my mood. I, for a period there, I think around the New Year's resolution period, probably last year, was like, I need better practices. I need to tune into these things. And then I just found the pressure that I was putting on myself to actually do it was causing me more stress than it was gain. So now I just sort of seek out the things when I need them, I feel. Um, There's certainly guests of different things that I like and I sort of gravitate towards them. Um, But it's all about, for me, it's all about learning. Do you have a more analytical brain in that sense that say on Instagram you come across a brand or a brand collaboration, you're like, cool, I can see what they're trying yeah, to do Yeah, and I follow here. the rabbit hole, yes. definitely. Same, yeah. But Instagram for me is a job. Yes. I'm there yeah. and I'm there, unfortunately, I mean, I would love to be someone who can just log on and it's just a social platform oh, and I'm just scrolling through and looking at pretty pictures. It's same. not me. I'm mm. analysing everything I see. I'm looking down, what's this collaboration? How come they're doing that? I I just yeah, can't. I and it's a shame. Yeah. I would love to be a bit more naive. <laughs> but it's, you know what? I've just learned to accept it's part of our job. It is. Like, and I always say, I'm like, it's work. Like, yeah. as much as you can scroll the weekends, like, just casually. But we're, like, same. Like, I'm always like, oh, what's this? Who's this? Why are they doing? Yeah, same. same yeah. Shit. I think the newspaper. 
funnily enough, is a big place. I read the newspaper every day. Do you? Still. Every day. Every day. Sun and the the Financial Review. Do you? I've just got into the Financial Review. Oh, my God. I'm an online subscriber. Yeah. (laughs) So that's been big for me because I just learned things that I didn't already know and it's a time when I put my phone down. Mm. I'm not looking at that. I'm actually just reading. And I got into a habit of I'd read an article about a brand that I didn't know and then I'd go straight to Instagram or straight Mm. to Google. So now it's like I actually write down the things I want to look up and that's something I'll do later on in the day. So if something tweaks my interest, it's I'll get to it later. But I actually enjoy the time of reading and logging off for a little bit and seeing how other people speak. I Mm -hmm. think that's a really important part is there's all these people with so much knowledge but if they can't articulate themselves clearly, they're missing the mark. So that's something that I'm really big on learning is actually how do you articulate yourself and really understand what the question is and how to answer it. My pet peeve is someone asks you a question and you don't answer it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or they ask a question back. I'm like, no, no, I want the answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're probably so, not good listeners. Maybe. Yeah, true. Or not present. Sometimes I find myself like that if I'm not present. Mm. Um, I want to know you've got some new products coming out in soda mm. in the next, like, is it a few months? Yeah. So where do you see the actual brand? I want to know the five-year plan. So the five-year plan for Soda is that it becomes an umbrella brand to other mm-hmm. brands is where we would really like to see it go. As we spoke about, Soda is a customer for, has a customer in everyone yep. and we see that outside of just sun shades. So we are launching Optical in Amazing. the next couple of months, which is exciting. We're up launching Kids, which is really mm-hmm. exciting, and we'll be breaking into sort of the snow and adventure sport category, which is epic. And the reason for that being is – we want to continue to produce a really good quality product at, but undercut the price point to mm-hmm. make it more accessible for everybody. So optical, I mean, with the health funds, you can go in and get basically free glasses, for example. So that will be great. We have so many people already who buy our sunglasses and pop out the lenses and put their optical, Oh wow! which you can do. But we want to make it, I guess, a little bit more of a legit process. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, kids will be great. Yeah, I've so always cute. been excited about kids. I mean, the dream for kids is to be able to go into schools. I think mm. now with the Council Council, it's like slip, slop, slap, slap. I think it's always been slide that. shade oh. or something. So I think I didn't the, know that. the slide component is slide on your glasses and shade is a hat or something oh, wow. along those lines. Yeah. Definitely got that wrong. But Back in the day, it was just slip, slop, slap. So they've extended it oh, now. Wow. So if we could do something with the government and actually get eyewear in a at an affordable price point, mm. but also in a good quality product, because kids now you see them, they run around in the cutest glasses you've mm. ever seen, but maybe they have no sun protection. Mm-hmm. And then the snow and adventure category is exciting for us because I think that, or I know, the soda customer is probably not someone who goes to the snow every weekend and has a life membership. They're someone who goes twice a year to the snow and wants to look cool but doesn't want to spend $600 on snow goggles. So if we can do a cool pair of goggles that do the same thing and, you know, can then interact with our other brand partners. I think that's a big thing. I mean, we work with JBL quite a lot and they've got their snow fest. We've oh, never really been know. able to interact. I mean, you can, of course, wear your soda glasses, but to actually have snow goggles would be pretty sick. Yeah, that would be cool. That's very cool yeah. and exciting. I have to get the twins. I've got two nieces, <gasps> so I have to get the twins some sunglasses. So, so cute. cute. I want all the kids' designs. They're like love hearts, rainbows, yes. stars. So love. cute. That is really cute. How old How old do they have to be? I think because the twins would be too young. They'll be a bit young. So like we'll one. sort of – no, we'll go a little bit older. Okay. It's sort of that more four or five oh, okay. age yeah, group so not like and up. a toddler. Okay. This is kind of a technical question. Mm. The UV protection of sunglasses, Mm. what is that and how important is it? Because I see all these and I'm like, I have no idea what that is as long as they look good. Yeah, Yeah. so the UV is actually what's protecting your eyeballs. Yeah. So, like, for example, if you look in the sun and, you know, when something You're never supposed to look in the sun. No, like, just say, not like Tully, don't look at the sun. You know when you get the sun in your eyes? Like, we've had shitty sunglasses from Malrose Market before. Yeah, which are just fashion fashion accessories. So, technically, you're like squinting your eyes. So, those ones technically can't call themselves sunglasses. They're fashion accessories. Oh. And you can get in quite a bit of trouble for that. So, the polarization is something that you can give up. So, some people actually don't like looking through a polarized lens because it does distort and change what you're looking at. Whereas, the UV is what's actually the health protection for your eyes. So if you were to pick one, not the other, mm-hmm. pick UV. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it depends what you're doing. So so in some of our sports pairs, for example, Tully, they're have, not UV protected. Yeah, Tully. <laughs> Are they? No, they would have to be. Mm, I think I that's know. a fashion accessory. No, no. I've got these and I do not squint. <laughs> 
I'm not sure. <laughs> we won't we won't go into it. I'm not I'm not too sure. Continue, sorry G. Um in some of our sports pairs, for example, and Dill actually referenced this on the tennis court, the polarization with a tennis ball makes you see the fuzziness of a tennis ball. Oh wow. Or if you're cycling, if um you can see the, the bumps in yeah. the asphalt. So you have to be yeah. quite careful and, you know, talk to, again, talk to your customer. What are you wearing these for? What do you want them for? That's why we're going to have interchangeable lenses as well. So you can actually flip That's in different idea. lenses or pop That's out That's really things. cool. Those sorts of things to really just cater for a larger market. Yeah. So just general people every day go for UV. Correct. Okay. How do you know if they, they have that little sticker on they the glass? They have to have a sticker. They, yeah. You have to advertise it. Yeah. yeah. Because I've, I've, been hearing and seeing that how important it is to actually protect your eye health and you're supposed to get sunnies that Very. wrap you around. Be doing that. Sarah's had laser eye surgery. It's extremely important. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, it's one of your senses, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you don't protect mm. it. And it's it's actually amazing if you go a couple of days not wearing sunglasses, you'll sort of have this like underlying headache or I mm. find because I wear sunglasses so much, especially in Queensland, mm. it is so hot. If you're not wearing sunglasses and protecting your eyes, you are squinting without even knowing so it. Yeah. And, you, yeah, you've got a headache, you're looking at things differently. I mean, looking at a screen, I think screen mm. health is a big thing people need to be mindful of, which is why we did our blue light blocking glasses. I wear them as well. Very, very important because we just spend so much time on our screens now and, mm. you know, it's health just like your gut, just like mm. your yeah. body, everything. Yeah, it is true. Interesting. Well, anything else, Tala? Nah. I've learned so much of it from this. I'm so glad. Yeah. <laughs> I but, forgot you were, I like going back to the start, I forgot you studied fashion. I like completely forgot your early years. It's interesting. It sort of comes back in and out in yeah. certain conversations. So now when we're working with our design team, I think they'll just assume that I'll just be like, yeah, cool, tick of approval. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, actually, can we look at this a little bit deeper? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very grateful for those, I guess, foundations. But I think the biggest thing it taught me, as you guys would know, is just the hard work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's so much hard work that goes into designing a collection and so many different facets that people don't see or don't know. Mm. And now that I understand that and have been through that for multiple collections of my own, it it comes out. It's obvious and yeah. the hard work pays off. Where can people find you? Sodashades.com. G-Saggers. G-Saggers on Are Instagram. Are public? I think I'm public. Yeah, okay. I need to update my LinkedIn. Yeah. I got told off about my LinkedIn yesterday. I never – do you know what? I just logged into my LinkedIn this morning. I never logged into it. Don't even know I don't if I know my it. password. No, I never use it. Everyone's like, it's so important. I'm like – Maybe that's our goal for the next six months, Holly. But it's not important because every time I log on It is on important. There, but every time I log on there, it's just factories from China. I'm like, oh. Well, one of them could be a golden factory. That's it. Golden ticket. Doubt it, but anyway. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you, G. Thank you. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.